Hey everyone, it's Kevin from Team Firstly, and I'm here to welcome you to episode two of Frill Talk. Today I have a very special guest with us. Her name is Nicole Dazone. She's a director, a writer, and an award-winning producer. And she's also a self-proclaimed bad dancer. I'd like to welcome Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Hi, Kevin. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Um, I mean, first of all, like, would love to just learn more about you. Can you tell the audience about what you do, like the career choices that you've made so far, and kind of a date in the life? Yeah. Uh, so, hi, everyone. Um, as Kevin mentioned before, um, I'm a filmmaker, and my uh, current day job when uh, the WGA strike isn't happening is as a showrunner's assistant for an upcoming uh, limited series called uh, Blade Runner 2099 for Amazon. And um, I also do freelance uh, producing, but right now my main focus is on um, writing and hopefully directing um, next year. That's really cool. And honestly, I'm so amazed because, you know, as someone who's like first gen and low income and also an Asian person, I feel like um, what you do is a kind of unconventional career path. So I'm just curious, like, have you, you know, ever gotten any resistance from like family or friends uh, when you made this decision? Yeah, so my mom was actually really supportive of um, my arts education pretty early on. Um, and I didn't really discover that this was a potential career path up until early undergrad. Um, and, you know, it just wasn't ever explicitly said to me. And I was considering biomedical engineering in high school. I don't know why. And it's just, I mean, you as like an Asian American, I just had ideas of like stability. And um, I, I mean, that's for whatever reason was in my head. and going to film and TV, just finding that like it combined a lot of my un unconventional interests while also um, all my other experiences in like project management and live event production that I really loved. And I'm just grateful that I was able to, to find that. Yeah, and I, I thought what you said about just defaulting to biomedical engineering, that's pretty funny and super relatable because um, as someone who's like first gen or the child of immigrants, um, stability is something that you know, is emphasized a lot. So um, was there something really compelling about your profession that made you feel like you had to do it? Mm -hmm. um, I feel like my North Star right now is just chasing like stories that I'm really interested in telling and that I'm not seeing being uh, portrayed. And I feel like just being able to fall in love with like the creative process. There's just so many people that I get to work with um, and just getting to see how like their minds work and how they tell stories has just been something that's like really energizing to me. I love that because I agree. I think there's so many powerful stories that unfortunately don't get any airtime or aren't told. And, you know, I'd be curious to hear from you, like, what are some stories that, you know, were impactful or powerful for you uh, that you think should be more proliferated or that more people should hear about it? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of the stories that I'm, I've, I've written about is like a lot of, um, Filipino Americans from the, you know, the diaspora and just like how we're processing our history with colonialism and just like, um, really, um, reconnecting to our, our roots and ensuring that we're like preserving our own history and culture, because I feel like living in America, I just didn't have that connection. And I just wanted to find a way to not only understand myself, but the people around me. And also not being afraid to, 
dive deeper into truths about my history that might be a little bit dark as well. Mm, you know, that's wow. I completely agree. And I think there's this kind of plays off of this larger theme of a lot of Asian Americans don't know about their own culture and their own history because this isn't stuff that's like taught in class. And um, I think more recently, you know, there's been more uh, Asian Americans that we see on TV and film. Um, but I feel like we have a lot to catch up on. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to call that out. Really appreciated that. And I guess, what are you doing about it? <laughs> um, well, I'm, I really make it a point to ensure that like, I'm very intentional about the crew that I'm hiring. Cause that also plays a part into how that's impacting story and process. Um, and also just right now, like I mentioned before, I'm focusing on writing. So, um, I recently just finished a short that I'm really excited to hopefully shoot early 2024. Um, I just need to do a little bit more research on it, but I feel like it's very relevant in terms of conversations around where democracy is headed, at least in the Philippines. Um, and yeah, I, I think that just continuing to focus on working with other um, people of color on stories that I'm hoping to, to create is, is really important because you're coming up with the same people that will be impacting and it's just like a, a chain reaction after that. Mm, okay. And if I can try to summarize what you said, um, you know, sounds like it's really important to not only have people in front of the camera that come from diverse backgrounds, but also you need uh, representation in terms of the crew. And it sounds like once you accomplish diversity in both, that's ultimately when um, these diverse stories are shared more often. Did I kind of get that right? And do you have anything to add? Yeah. Um, I also just think it's like important to, to be able to advocate for, um, just to be able to advocate for, for those people, just because, I mean, there's a lot of gatekeeping that happens in Hollywood as someone who's worked for gatekeeping companies. Um, and I see it happen all the time and people, you really need someone who's going to believe in you um, in order to, to be able to, um, what's it called? What's that saying that they said? It's like um, a, a rising tide, like. Lifts all boats. Yeah, lifts all boats, there we go, so. Yeah. Oh, man. So I completely get it. Um, it's, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not very experienced in TV and film, but there's a lot of industries that are that tend to be you know prestigious and it's dominated typically by white males. So um, as someone who is first gen, low income and Filipina, like how do you navigate that and not go crazy? <laughs> Yeah, um, I will say that like my my family and friends have been so supportive of my career, and I I owe I owe so much to the Filipino and AAPI community. They've been some of my biggest supporters in my early work and helping me um, search for for jobs um, and also vouching for me and even even other allies too. I feel like I've I mean early on in my career, I remember just like working on sets and counting how many Asians were how many Asians there were on on the crew and there were really not that many compared to what I see now so there's definitely been more progress and I think it's because of the amount of access and the the increase in like nonprofits um that are really um organizing more efforts around uh, diversity and inclusion 
You know, that makes me just really hopeful about where this industry is headed. Um, as I mentioned before, like I just see more Asian people in TV and films nowadays, and that you know makes me feel kind of encouraged. And uh, you know, especially uh, back in the day when we went to college together, um, that wasn't the case. So I think that's a very powerful story on how an industry started and the origins of it, and how it has evolved over time. But just kind of bring this back to you, Nicole. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your origin story? if there were any key moments in your life or career that led you to this point and maybe more like a reflective question uh, with what you know now, what would you have done differently? And what, what do you wish you knew when you were going through this process and closer to your origin? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I started out in live TV production and then eventually transitioned over to unscripted. And those experiences, I feel like it, it was just so early on in my career that like everything felt so pure and I was just so excited to be there. Um, and I think that it's so easy, especially when you're working in the industry for so long and you, you might be not seeing upward mobility, which I, I had um, challenges with early on too. I wasn't seeing upward mobility in working in production. Um, so then I eventually transitioned over to an agency to help me um, with that. And that's pretty much like um, grad school for the industry because you're getting so much exposure to every facet of, of the business while also with the craft as well. Um, and, you know, being able to have all of that knowledge, I felt like I owed, owed it to myself to learn the craft and the business inside out so I can serve the community that I hope to impact with the stories that I want to make. Um, and I feel like in terms of my own voice as like a, an artist, I, in the independent filmmaking world has been so crucial to that because working, it's easy to get stuck in the system and the machine. Um, and especially every, every company has their own um, directives of what stories they want. So I feel like it's really important to continue honing in your voice in the independent filmmaking space. Mm, okay. That's, that's really interesting because, you know, similarly in other professions, such as like starting a business, um, what we see is that a lot of founders of color or minority founders don't have that sponsorship or, or endorsement from, um, you know, more traditional sources of capital. And it seems like it mirrors the same thing with the um, you know, TV and film industry. And so I guess my question for you is, you know, do you have someone in mind who has been like a huge sponsor for you and how do they impact you? Oh man. Um, honestly, I would say, I would say my bosses and my peers, I know that's very broad, but I say peers because it's, it's so true that like I learned so much from other, other um, assistants and their experiences in this industry. Like so many people have such a nonlinear path to getting to the positions that they've wanted. Um, and anyone can really be your mentor. I realized that early on I was searching for mentors and a lot of them were already around me, whether they were just like a supervisor that I only had on a, a, a reality show for a few months to someone that I worked, uh, a creative executive who I've worked with at a production company for a year. Um, so yeah, I feel like mentors are everywhere. You just have to be willing to to take any um, insights from them whenever whenever they do offer it. 
Oh, that's a really important one. It's, you know, one, uh, having the courage to ask for mentorship, but also too, like being open and willing to receive it when it comes. I think that's just so powerful. Okay. I guess to wrap this up, you know, if there's, if there's one or two things that you'd want the audience to know, um, something that might be helpful for them as they navigate their own unique journeys, um, what would that piece of advice be? Yeah. Um, you know, don't, I wouldn't limit your, your creativity and I've realized, especially, and I still, you know, I'm still working on this now is like, um, just work on like your self-limiting beliefs. Um, cause the only person standing in your way is yourself, you know, don't be, you feel, um, don't feel like you have to hide your work, be fearless with it, just share it. Even if it's not in the place that you want it to be, because who knows, someone could give you really good feedback and, you know, it could be really empowering and help you continue um, this, you know, this journey. Cause it's, it's a, it's a marathon for sure. Um, and it, I've seen, I've seen more and more people start to uh, leave the industry just because they, they burnt themselves out in the marathon. So I think the only way to really sustain yourself is just to hold on to the parts of yourself that are really pure, which is like your creativity. I love that. And if I can try to summarize a bit, it sounds like it's really just like enjoying the process and not being too married to the outcomes, because when you get married to the outcomes, I'm assuming that brings out like the perfectionism. It turns out the feelings of like not enoughness. And those are the things that ultimately burn you out. Okay. So I know we're running out of time, went a little bit over, but Nicole, I just want to say thank you so much again for being on the show. It was a pleasure having you on For Real Talk and just, you know, keep us updated on how we can support your creativity in the future. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Nicole M. Design. I also have um, my, my production company at Dissonance underscore Podco. Um, and I usually will post about any work that I have coming up. Right now, uh, I'm not posting uh, just because of the strike, but um, yeah, in the future. Okay. That sounds good. I'll make sure to uh, capture that information and I'll include that in the description. Um, but once again, thanks so much for you, the viewers, and thank you again to Nicole for being on the show. All right. Take care.